Welcome to the Something Something Experience Podcast, Episode 16. I'm Michael John Simpson. My co-caster Ash Jones and I started this podcast to give voice to our passions. Our guest is writer, actor, producer, director, the talented Heidi Hornbacher. Ash was off again this week, so I sat down with Heidi on a break during a music video shoot for progressive rock band Rocket Scientists, who you'll hear more about in the special mini-episode following this one. My apologies for the sound quality. We were in a backyard in the Hollywood Hills, and there was a water fountain and some construction and street noises, even a couple airplanes. We had to record outside so as not to disturb the video shoot. Heidi, her husband Carlo Cavagna, and I talked about music video production, female empowerment, writing, Viva Variety, comic book movies, Watchmen, Batman, Doctor Who, reality TV, Hollywood trades, Renaissance fairs, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, Navigating Adolescence, College Radio, and Equality and Social Justice. Boy, howdy, it's episode 16 of the Something Something Experience. Alright. Hello, check one two. Is this working? One two, one two. Check one two. Wow, I think we're, I think we're recording. Hi! Hi! How are you? It's I'm been good. forever. Scoot in so you can talk right uh, uh, into the mic. This is kind of a... a uh, I like it. It looks like a little alien. It's like a little alien. We had those <clears throat> at the school, so... Oh. Yeah. Um, they, used, they used to use these for the honors program when they would do their oh. uh, little uh, research projects. Nice. So... So hi, Fancy it's things. been forever. What do you what have you been uh, What have you been up to? I'm up to so much. All of us, like all of a sudden, I started making music videos. Fantastic. I know, and it started just with a friend, kind of going like, "Hey, I have my, this band, and we don't really have any money, and would you help us?" And you know, as you know, I've been working at this private school, of course. And I so just called in a bunch of favors, and I was like, "Hey, um, props people, can you build me some props?" And really? the, the guild at the school of the student student like prop builders actually built our set built our props as wow. a as an extracurricular project fantastic i know it was amazing wow. and the school gave me clearance to shoot in the auditorium oh so we shot in the theater um over two days nice and it was amazing and it just it was you know i came out here to go to film school and to be a filmmaker sure and i just have been like running away from it let's do the thing and having the real job right. for a while and now i'm like screw that man right so started doing it and had so much fun and and like they know those musicians and they know, know those musicians. musicians and and they'll tell to your friends and they'll tell to your friends and yeah. so on and so on yeah that's and like great. all of a sudden this is my literally this weekend we are shooting four different music videos holy crap it's kind of a weird cavalcade it happened wow. all at once um we are we just finished shooting. This is the this is Rocket Scientists. This uh-huh. is our second video for them. Cool. Um, the first one is out already, and it's gotten a lot of good hits. Right, Eric? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Some good. Some <laughs> That's good. Eric. Eric. Eric Norland. What's your last name? Norland. Norland. Eric Norland. And yes. you used to be in Asia and yes. some of the other bands you've worked in? Uh, well, lots. Lots. But uh, <laughs> Rocket Scientists, this band started, our first record was released in 1993. Wow. So we just uh, celebrated our 20th anniversary Fantastic. recently. Yeah, right? That's so, awesome. And uh, we just released this new album called Refuel. Refuel. And uh, we're actually, uh, yeah, I think Heidi said we released the first video called She's Getting Hysterical uh-huh. about two weeks ago. Yeah. Cool. Something like that. And then we're... In the midst of shooting more of them. Cool. So. Yeah. Well, we'll definitely um, we'll definitely put up links to the band website and all that lovely stuff. So, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. There's so much talent here. Cool. And yeah, this is great. I'm not including myself in that. I'm just saying, like them, <laughs> they're you know the, the who they've played with, who they've collaborated with. Wow. Is insane. Yeah, yeah. I know the uh, the bass player. He's he's had a lot. Um, Elvis. Yeah, Elvis. Right? Do I have to Elvis say anything Presley, else? The king. 
So, in case you hear things in the background, uh, dear listener, there's a, so there's a waterfall. We're in the backyard and on off of Beechwood Canyon in Hollywood Hills right now, and this is kind of exciting. So, um, that we're shoot at a house, somebody's house. We're shooting a music video. And so this is kind of exciting. So yeah, well, yeah. I'm so glad you could come. It's so great. This is my so. Are you? Place. I mean, we used to work together at the school. Yeah. Um, are you still working there in any kind of capacity anymore? No. no. Okay. I'm still practicing the SAT from time to time. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Because <laughs> um, you were with um, a self defense yeah. co- uh, company. Uh, yeah. And not anymore. Not anymore. Um, I think they do incredible work. I think it's the kind of thing every human should right. take the class. Right. Um, it's impact personal safety. Yeah. They, uh, you know, it's really about empowering you to, to figure out, to find out what your body already knows it can do. Uh-huh. It's like anti-victim blaming, anti-bullying. Nice. It's all about recovery. Nice. Yeah, that's and, a big, especially today yeah. with everything that's going on. I've actually sat in on some of those training sessions oh, yeah. uh, during uh, my time at the school as well, and seeing the the training techniques with the with the 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 young female students and stuff, and and no. No punches pulled, uh, real world language used, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Kind of putting, for a moment, putting those those young girls in a realistic scenario, like you're at a party and some guy tries to get on you, and what do you do? Yeah. And that's empowering. Yeah. That's good. And one of the really cool things about it was a lot of, there's some anti-self-defense people that say it's victim blaming. Oh, if you're saying there's something I could do you're saying there's something I should have done. And it's right. like, no, absolutely not. No. You didn't do anything wrong. It would be no. That would be like me saying, hey, how come you didn't already build me a house when you had no hammers and wood? Right. Like, uh, you didn't have no, the tools. No, That's no, absurd. No, right, right. So it's just, we've had a lot of a lot of people right. recover and realize. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously I'm, I'm a proponent of in coupling with, uh, you know, coupling with the, the notion of, of teaching young women how to defend themselves, also teaching young men and teaching everyone really to respect boundaries. Yeah. That goes hand, you know, goes hand in hand yeah. with, with that. But, but I think that the self-defense component and empowering young women is very important. So yeah. that, that's something I'm very, very big. Well, so that's what's been really fun for me is because I've gotten to work with all these bands and most of them are dudes that are, you know, in their 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. etc. etc. <laughs> Men of a certain age. And, um... They've been so generous with me because I've been able to work feminist storylines into everything. Fantastic. I do, because they're not threatened by it. Because they're all, you know, they're just, they're cool guys that have had their thing. And so they're, they don't feel threatened. And well, like, yeah. So for the She's Getting Hysterical video, when I first heard it, I thought, hmm. wait a minute. Are, is that like bitches be crazy? Because that's not going to fly cool. with me. And, and actually, Eric Norlander told me, no, he wrote it about his dog who was, and as she was dying, she started having these episodes where she would just start barking and freak out. So she was getting hysterical. Oh, yeah. So what we did was we took the storyline and said, actually, let's flip it on its head and say, have this woman who is very calm, but her, you know, husband, partner is screaming and freaking out at her because he, she's not behaving the way he wants. Mm-hmm. And she's kind, of, and so she's very calm, and he's freaking out, telling her she's getting hysterical when she's not, and she's not, and she realizes, you know what, I deserve to be treated better than this, and so she leaves him, and uh, it's kind of. So I flipped that. That's I'm like, cool. I'm like, we're That's gonna, cool. yeah, we're gonna just yeah. work a little feminist angle. I'm in really, here. I'm really, um, I'm, I'm, especially with with as more and more charged as the kind of um, socio political climate in this country and abroad becomes. I'm pleased to see that there are some media outlets and rather large media outlets 
um, in popular media, not necessarily in news media, that are that are kind of adhering to that. Like the new Star Wars movie, mm. the two protagonists are a woman and a black man in star in the Star Wars universe. Whereas yeah. before we had there was one black dude and one woman in the whole universe. Right. Um, so well, I guess Mon Mothma was another one too. But um, uh, but no. So it's it's good. I'm glad to see that that the newer some of the newer stuff and and. A lot of the stuff I hear from people who travel all around the country, the younger generations are caring less and less mm-hmm. about the rift between men and women and the rift between gender and all yeah. kinds of things like that. Well, and it's it's realizing that like it's not a threat to you. No, no one no. is threatening you or no. your way of life. No, no, you can still be a you know piggy shithead if you want to be. <laughs> But what we're doing is not going to bother you at all. It's not yeah. going to change your life. We're not going to unravel your marriage. You're going to do a perfectly good job of that on your own. Yeah. If these two gay guys over here get married, you yeah. know, or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, I just want everyone to have. I want everyone to just be able to be able to walk down the same road and, and with, with the same chances, the same opportunities, right. and the same sense of not being put upon. That's all I want. I just want equality. I mean, really, just the word equality kind of covers all the bases. Oh, got some equipment. There goes the Andromeda. Here. There goes the Andromeda coming through. This is so cool. We're sitting on the patio out back, and I'm surrounded by musical equipment. There's like a is that a Wurlitzer? What, what kind of organ is that? That is a Hammond organ. It's a Hammond organ. There's a there's a Fender Rhodes 73. There's a uh, there's a Mellotron. A Mellotron. There's only like what a hundred of those in existence right now. Something it's like a Mellotron that. and a Moog, a real like Moog on the. Oh my God, this is crazy. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a Dave Grohl studio or something here. It's crazy. So. Yeah, there's a lot of cool yeah, stuff. Dave Grohl wishes. <laughs> you hear that, Dave Grohl? <laughs> you hear that, Dave Grohl? Although Balls in your that, court, buddy. He's got that awesome uh, soundboard, though. That's true. Um, That's true. So, the music videos you're doing right now. So, um, what else? What other stuff are you working on right the now? The other sort of main thing that I have going on is my husband and I created this thing called PageCraft, and it's a screenwriting workshop, retreats, community sort of idea. And mm-hmm. we started in 2008 when we. My husband's Italian, of Italian extraction, so we say. And um, I used to live in Italy back in the day, and as did he. And we thought, we both went to UCLA for screenwriting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just sort of in the hanging out, we had this whole, this professor... And we're like, wouldn't it be awesome to go hang out in a villa in Italy with just some of our writer and friends? And just sit around and drink cappuccino yeah. and write and look at look at Italy. <laughs> yeah, and like, but like, have that kind of support. Yeah, Carlo's here too. He's just being very silent. That's good. He's my hello, my silent partner. <laughs> Literally, he I, he says I talk for both of us. So. Uh, oh, that's I that's talk. what Danny says about me. And uh, <laughs> if anybody knows me at all, the, the talking thing happens. Uh, so um, hence podcast. Da, da, da. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, so we did this in 2008. We took a bunch of people, and our, our professor sort of guided us through, you know, stages of script development, pages, exercises, and we, it was incredible. We had this amazing bonding experience. Everyone got tons of amazing work done. I think everyone really felt like they learned a lot about writing and became better craftspeople. And so we thought, this is something we should do all the time. Oh, yeah. So we've been taking groups of students over since 2008. We outgrew our little villa which was villa michelangelo which where we started and we moved to a convent in the town of orvieto which is in umbria which is incredible it's this got this incredible cathedral it's sort of built on this um cliff that it's not even a cliff it's like this massive land that rises up out of this valley like this weird little loop that sticks up wow. out of the middle Almost of this like valley a butte in the middle of yeah 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 it's exactly and it's a all volcanic view oh there you go and cool. it's on the top so it's just this little and it's it's amazing and 
The nuns are hilarious. I went to Catholic school and I had a terrible taste oh, in my of mouth. Of course, of course. And getting to know these nuns has like I'm like, wait, nuns these can be are the super nuns you cool. See in the nuns having fun calendar. They're awesome. <laughs> they're roller skating and at the beach. They are hilarious. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. I know they're really fun. So like we have this great time. Everyone gets tons of work done. We've had last couple of years have been led by Ben Blacker of the Thrilling Adventure Hour. Oh, um, also a huge podcast. Yeah. This year we're going to be led by Heath Corson, who is of Nerdist Comics Panel podcast. Wow. And he also wrote. Um, he did all the DC stuff. The the Arkham. Would you can yeah, you remember the? He's got some Batman credits. I yeah, he's remember. got a bunch of Batman credits. He wrote a bunch of like the animated stuff and he is so good at structure and so good at like bam 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 introduce me to your friends (laughs) so heath is leading for us in italy this summer and that's in the middle beginning of june before that heath is running a pitch workshop for us here in in um, north hollywood in february february 28th and then march 1st so the last day first day he's going to do a whole pitching because that's he's been in the room so many times and he's so good at pitching Michael's checking his calendar. No, I'm, I'm, I'm making sure my volume's off because yeah. invariably uh, something goes well, bloop when you're in the middle. Here's the thing about any of these Go ahead guys, and scoot like in a little Ben bit. and Heath, you know, they you, you look them up on on IMDb or, or their official bios, and you always you know they have some nice credits, but all of them have sold about twenty additional things that oh, aren't yeah. in the credits. Right, right. You know, things that sometimes they get stalled in development, sometimes they don't, or so they they get uncredited rewrites. So they're yeah. all very experienced in that world. Fantastic. Yeah. So he's leading for the he's leading the pitch workshop for us, and he's all like demystifying the process and getting that you know the executives aren't our enemies; they're the people that we have to yeah. make our fans, and they actually sure, they want, sure. of course, to have, have a great pitch from us. So wow. he's going to help us with that, um, and then he's going to lead for us in Italy. Before that, the end of January, last this last weekend in January of 2015, um, we have Nick Griffin, who was one of my friends at UCLA. He's now a professor there. He wrote Matchstick Men. He and his brother wrote terriers oh. and he, again he's sold a ton of uncredited stuff that like is not you know of one does not speak of it right but you know he very experienced he's going to teach a structure workshop for us like cool. because that like, you meet so many writers that are like i got this great idea what if these characters were having this argument about this and then they just dive in and then then you get the pages and you're like this is you there's nothing here because there's no structure right. underneath it right. that takes it from point a to point b right, to point right, c right. so so Nick's going to really help people break down their idea and mm-hmm. get it so it's a super solid structure mm-hmm. so then they can run away and go right. write pages. Right. Or they can run away to Italy with us and write pages. <laughs> In the immortal words of Tina Fey, I want to go to there. Yes. <laughs> I think the important thing, I, I think, is is I think writers just, they have trouble, particularly writers who still have a day job, who are still trying to make it in the industry, uh, it's so difficult to find time to actually focus on something. Sure. And maybe you've had all the training that you need, and you just need to get away. You just you need, need time. some peer feedback uh, and some encouragement. Uh, that's what we offer as well. How many it's, times do we see that as a trope in stories about yeah. writers, where they just they go and lock themselves up yeah. in a motel, they go to a mountain resort, yep. they go. They have video games about that. The Alan Wake series. This whole thing is, oh, I just need to get away, stuff in my head, and uh, you yeah. know, the doctor says blah blah blah, and they go to this little town in vermont of course it's you know all covered with zombies and shit but of you course know, it is so. but that's one of the hugest things a writer can give themselves sure, is that gift time. of just time. you say you're about to you're about your writing put your money where your mouth is right. come sit and right. do it get away get the time and the thing is we've actually have a ton of amazing results a lot of our students have gone on i say students like they're somehow not equals to us but they, right. they are they're yeah, amazing yeah. writers and somehow 
half, not half, a lot of them have gone on to win contests, sell things, get representation. The one of our girls from two years ago just won the um, Austin TV Pitch Fest this Fantastic. last year. Um, my yeah. friend, my, I have a friend uh, named Jill Weinberger who was in the Austin TV Pitch Fest oh. a few years ago, and she didn't win, but she got really far. Yeah. But now she's working on Chicago Fire. She's a staff writer yeah. on Chicago Fire, Fantastic. and she just finished her first solo episode, nice. and she's getting a third episode in this series. Oh, that's huge! And uh, we're trying to get her on the podcast, but she has to clear it with Mister Wolf. Oh, we'll see. First. <laughs> the thing Which is, is fine, but you know. Well, and that's at so for Pagecraft, we really see ourselves as as that stepping stone or that bridge for writers who. You know you've got some talent. You know you've got a voice. There's some things you want to say, but you haven't been able to get over that bridge to where your career is really going. And right, so we're, right. we want to be that missing link and help people really just go and realize their dreams. And right. Airplane. Airplane. Speaking of flying to Italy. <laughs> That's a sound effect. No, <laughs> Great job. Great job. Because it's so real. The Foley work on the this real, podcast is fantastic. It's outstanding. It's Production figure. value. <laughs> That's so, that's awesome. Yeah, that's it's, awesome. It's such a it's such a dream, and every year we have these amazing times, and have gotten some really close friends. That's fantastic. From just the time we that's have fantastic. there, and I would I would I would love that. that would yeah, be... well, that's that's pagecraftwriting.com, or you can yes. follow us oh, on Twitter will, uh, at pagecraftwrite. Fantastic. Yeah, we'll we'll have links uh, to everything. Everybody's and obviously our Instagram is super pretty. Yeah, so. of course, of course. Yeah, we'll put links to all your yeah, yeah. stuff. And we'll have you plug all your links at the end and, okay. and uh, all that. Um, uh, so, hmm. Okay, so how did you get in? Because you've done other movies and things, yeah. and you've done some acting, and you've done other writing, and other a, a little bit of everything. Yeah. So what kind of other projects have you done? Um, that's a very good question. I came out here, so I had this whole thing, right, about like, I have this theme about permission, right? I have this thing about, well, I graduated with an English degree and I was like, gonna come right for Hollywood. And I was like, oh no, because what if I try and I try and I never, and I try for 10 years and I've only heard no's. And then I, and after 10 years, I look back and I've got nothing to show for it. It's the exact same no. thing that's kept me from actually breaking into voiceover acting. Right? Yeah, that fear, that wall of fear yeah. that's climbing over that. And that's... And it's so dumb. Because like, so I went away and I did stupid other jobs. I mean, one of my jobs, I did work for Comedy Central for a while and I wrote bumpers. I worked with Tom Lennon and Carrie Kenny because I did Viva Variety. I was the person that did all of their little... They are... So I didn't nice. I know you were on Viva Variety. I wasn't on it. I wrote the bumpers that on the. So Tom yeah, and I yeah, worked yeah, over yeah, the yeah, phone. Yeah. I never actually. You wrote the commercial bumpers. Mm-hmm. I didn't know back when that. back when Penn Gillette was the voice of Comedy yeah, Central. Yeah, 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 yeah that yeah. was that was my job. Holy shit! <laughs> I had no idea. I love Tom Lennon. I yeah, mean, he was amazing. My favorite, one of my absolute favorite things in the universe right now is At Midnight, and he's ah, producing At yes, Midnight. Yes, love that show. And Danny and I just went to a taping. We went. And oh, we, we went, went to. We went to. The, we went to um, a Ron Funches taping because oh, we love him. I love Ron Funches so much. Oh, oh, he he melts my heart in so many different ways, and he is so filthy. Um, <laughs> With his little, <laughs> yeah, his little, <laughs> he is, his his humor is completely unpredictable. Unpredictable. That's completely. what I appreciate. Yes, about yes. It. Yeah. We w- we went to go to one with uh, Paul F. and um, Paul F. Like I know him, Paul F. Tompkins, and also a thrilling adventure hour. Uh, yes, yes. Who and, was fantastic last and night? And now he's in Super Ego too, which is just that's one of my ultra favorite things. They just put out episode three of season four. And it was 
brilliant, of course. Um, Matt Gorley, and, and uh, I've, yeah, I was yeah. listening to James Bonding on the way up here. I'm a podcast whore. So anyway, but um, we were going to go to the Paul F., but there were so many people in the, like, uh, the, the you know, special line yeah. that they didn't even get to the regular line. Wow. So they gave us this pass that said, it was a turnaway pass that said, you come back, you pick a day, you're guaranteed to get in. Nice. And we went back, and we were there for Ron, uh, not Ron Swanson. <laughs> um... That's his character. I always forget his name. Damn it. Mustache. Oh, my uh, God. I'm totally blanking uh, on him. I'm um, Nick. Nick Offerman. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Nick we, Offerman. We got there together. Together. <laughs> Nick Offerman. Dana Gould, who I worship. <laughs> Speaking of James Bonding, because he's on the uh, Spy Who Loved Me episode of James Bonding. I've been a fan of Dana Gould since his stand-up days in the 90s. Oh, my God. So, in the 90s, I was... 20-something, married for the first time, living in Colorado. Most of the time I didn't have a job. I'm sitting at home and watching The Comedy Channel, where comedy is our middle name, which is before <laughs> Comedy Central, before the whole merger with oh MTV and, and, and HBO, and uh, or Viacom and HBO. And just watching Dana Gould and his whole, like, you know, President Kennedy is, is Jim Morrison, and come on, I believe we should go to the moon. Come on! You know? <laughs> but that's I love that, um, and then the Simpsons and all that stuff. Yeah. So, um, God, I got sidetracked. Uh, <laughs> so we went and saw them, uh, and oh, and also Amy Mann was the other guest, and oh, she's yeah. amazing because I, you know, till Tuesday, and then all yeah, the yeah. Stuff, stuff she's done in Portlandia, and I just I love her. So. She often performs at the Largo. Yeah. Yes, yes, she's I love Largo, and I I don't get to go to Largo as often as I want to. I went to the old Largo, the small, oh, yeah, old, yeah. tiny Largo, a lot more. Back in the days when Robin Hitchcock used to come to <gasps> uh, used to come to L.A. once a year, and now he doesn't as much. He's not touring as much. Um, but and uh, but the bigger venue, mo- usually we go to see comedy stuff. But uh, we haven't. We, we we're saving up for a house, and we just haven't been able to go out and do stuff like that. She, she usually shows up at the Paul of Tompkins. Yes, Zariotopia. As well. Yeah. yeah. So that's, and she always has her Christmas special as well. Yes, she's doing. The, yeah, uh, I know some people who are going to that. So good times. So, okay, so after Viva Variety. So, yeah, so I did that, and which I do have to say was really funny. When I finally left Comedy Central, um, was there was a merger and whatever. And uh, when I left, I called Penn Gillette to tell him that I was, you know, had our last session doing the voiceover together. And he said to me, you're the only producer that I've never made cry. Aww. And I was like, is that a goal you usually have to make the producers cry? Hmm, that's weird. I think it kind of was, but like, you know, yeah. so I was like, wow, okay. He actually maybe teeny bit respects what I did. And, and he, you know, cause I just wouldn't take his shit. Right. I was like, Penn, do it again. <clears throat> and usually he would. That's cool. Yeah. I, yeah, I've, I've met him a couple times and he's, I haven't worked with him obviously, but. He's uh, a trip. Yeah. Yeah. So he yeah. He kept calling me boss. <laughs> I don't know why, but probably because he couldn't I paid to be and get into a show. But, yeah, uh, that's so. that's one of his things. Yeah, um, but yeah. So then came back, had finished. You know, after the the ten years when I ended up back doing silly stuff back in Colorado of all places. Oh yeah. Um, I was like, what I did was ex- I, my fear came alive mm-hmm. because you know I said well, I was afraid of trying to be a writer for ten and having nothing to show for ten years, and I had tried to not be a writer. And had nothing to show for 10 years. Right, right. And I was like, so what's the point? What's right. the point of running away and being afraid of it? So I pulled my, put my big girl pants on and I uh, got into UCLA uh, for the, the, the professional program, which is not like that's an achievement, but right. I got in, moved out here. He also was in the program at the same time. And um, 
got the certificate in screenwriting from UCLA and just was like, I'm here, I'm doing this. And when I, I met another friend, one of the other people I came out, came through the program with, and we, you know, we all had these scripts and we had a little bit of money and we were like, why are we waiting for someone to give us permission to make a feature? Why don't we just do it? And, yeah. and that's kind of like my big lesson or my biggest piece of advice to younger filmmakers or, or older filmmakers who have been afraid is just like, no one's going to give you permission. Just do it. Just go do your thing. That's what I keep hearing. The message that keeps being beaten over yeah. my head over and over and over again. That's why I started the podcast is do your thing. Just yeah. start. Just do it. And everybody's like, oh, but, you know, making a movie, it's like, oh, it's so complicated. And I'm like, it's a list of things to do. And a lot of people can give you the list. We have a class that gives you the list. You know, like a lot of talk to anyone. You can find a mentor anywhere. People love to talk about what yeah. they've done. So get the list. It's not a secret. It's just yeah. like, you know, you hire your actors. You get your legal stuff handled. You get your permits. You get your costumes. You get your props. You get your scheduling. You know, it's just it's just a list of to-dos that you go down. And boom, you made a film. Wow. Now how good it is is going to depend matter. on yeah. the talent you have, the con- you know, the, the content and right. the people that you involve. and The crafting of the, of yeah. the, of the content yeah, is, is a yeah. big, big thing. And that's been interesting because it used to be that that was cost of film and was prohibitive that was the barrier to entry so not anymore any idiot couldn't make a film you but now can, any you idiot can make a movie on an iphone literally <laughs> yeah. on an iphone so so now any idiot can Someone make a film done that recently yeah. and it was yeah. a major release yeah well a major indie release and i can't yeah. remember the name of it though yeah uh, but that has that has happened yeah people are doing i mean and and well like even david lynch's last big film inland empire that was done on a handheld video oh, camera that's right, yeah. he didn't it was one on one of those like Fifteen hundred dollars Sony video cameras or whatever, and he was doing all the camera work. He didn't have a DP. He did his own his own photography, and he was just right there in the middle of the action. I have to say, having worked with a, we had a, I mean, a small small crew, but large ish. We you know big grip truck and a whole bunch of right. There was probably a fifteen person crew on the feature. Um, Working the way I'm working now, I totally prefer it. I really like the small run and gun kind of operation where it's just two or three of us so we are very inconspicuous and we can you know it's more naturalistic the stuff we're able to capture sure. and also permitting yeah yeah exactly it cuts the whole permit problem yeah you don't yeah. need that yeah. yeah yeah so i mean you technically do but um you know it's just it's just it's made it really easy for everyone to just kind of do their thing and create and i mean the problem is you have a glut of every idiot making their own thing and that's where you have to be quality because it's the right, quality that's right, going to make right, the differentiation. Right. So, but yeah, I mean, uh, now you know people are becoming gaining notoriety for just doing their thing, and yeah. and the thing that I'm seeing is the more simple and honest and 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 the more true to um, who a person really is the content the better quality it is. And I think that despite the fact that reality TV is so popular and despite the fact that stuff that basically takes no or very, very little on the creative scale, from my estimation, to, to produce, uh, other than from a logistical standpoint, despite its popularity, even people, general, everyday people, know the difference between something that's real and something that's not. Yeah. And 
people can tell. I mean, people have have that ability to tell when someone's something's genuine and real. I mean, obviously there are people, there are a lot, a lot, a lot of people that will just throw their money at anything that for whatever reason. But there are also people. But for the most part, people can also tell when something's real and when it's not. You don't think there are people who believe that the Kardashians are real and not? <laughs> I do. I do believe that that's true. But um, like I said, those are, there's people who will throw their money at anything mm. and will patronize that sort of thing. But but I keep, like I said, I keep finding more and more things that come out that are made by everyday people that aren't famous. Who become famous because they've made something that's real and genuine. And, yeah. And so. I think we've all, because of the proliferation of reality TV, but mm -hmm. also of indies and everyone being able to make sure. something, it's helped everyone kind of more finely tune their bullshit meters. Yes. So so now it's, it's like, you know what, we, we all can tell yeah. if, if you're for real yeah. or if you... You know, I mean, Hollywood still keeps trying to make everything a blockbuster and keeps trying to churn everything out these yeah. major studios. And obviously Marvel's, Marvel's Studios <laughs> is doing a very good job with that. And they manage to maintain the quality. They're not just putting out... Yeah. And and it's it's good. I mean, there's good... There's quality to the whole blockbuster. Like in the 70s, when you had the your Jaws and your Star Wars yeah. and your things like that, and, and there were the blockbuster movies that were of quality, and then 80s and 90s, not so much... And as the you know the O's and the t and the teens have come around, the aughts. we're starting to get back into that thing of of injecting a lot of true true real quality because that's the thing I think of when I go to see a Marvel movies. I'm not a big Marvel comics nerd. I get excited about those movies because my com Mar Marvel comics nerds friends get excited about it. Then I go see them, and even though I'm not, it draws me in and it, and yeah. it, it it's it it elevates my spirit. To, you know, for lack of a better term, it's got that quality to it. Yeah, I'm the same way. I never was into comic books. The one thing I was into was Mouse, yeah, oh that, yeah, that yeah. series, and um, Tank Girl a little yes. bit back in college. Yeah, yeah. And but because aside, Tank Girl is not a good movie. Well, I know, but who else could have played it but Lori Petty? True, true. Uh, she was the right choice for that, for that yeah. role, but but it's not easy to have talking, some... walking kangaroos that are believably romantic right, interests. Right, 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 right. There's something missing. From it, yeah, and Marvel has managed killer to soundtrack though. Awesome, soundtrack. that soundtrack oh, is yeah. so good. The Devo version of oh, Head Like a Hole, my I love God. that. I and Girl, just, you want? Yeah, Girl, you want? And the Slow Down, Girl, you want? And the Bjork so Army of Me, and so yes, good. yeah, so great. I was just listening to uh, uh, the uh, Devo Head Like a Hole in the Car yesterday. Um, but Marvel, but there was something missing it, and, yeah. and in in that, and obviously in a lot of a lot of comic book movies over the years. But it had Malcolm McDowell. He was not missing. No, no. But Marvel has managed to tap into... There's a gleefulness. Yes. Yes. There's a... There's a... There's a glint in the eye. There's a gleam in the eye. There's a... Self-awareness that's not afraid to... To make fun of themselves. And again, that goes back to the whole thing of... Of realism... They're not taking themselves too, too seriously. Well, it's the lack of cynicism. You know, it's like, it's that thing when you're in, like, middle school before yes. it gets beaten out of you. Yes. When you're like, oh, look at this cool thing I get to do. Yes. And you're genuinely excited about it. And you get that it's like, this is totally cool. Yes. I get to do this. Before yes. everyone's like, no one's going to care about your dumb thing. Yeah. And then you're like, yeah, that comes later. But this is like Nobody before cares that. that you know, I, I, yeah. 
That's yeah. what, and that's, that's what they captured. That's me playing with Star Wars figures it's, in sixth grade. I think school. there has to be that gleefulness and yeah. glint in the eye because when you watch a, a superhero, a, a comic book movie that takes itself too seriously, like The Watchmen, it's just Oy. ponderous. I don't know how you felt about that movie, but I thought it was very ponderous. And the Marvel world was, it, it's, it's much more fun. It I'm one of those fun. people, rare people, who really, 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 really loved Watchmen. You did. And why would you say that that is? Blue guys. I had no contact with well, it. Well, you know, just just by virtue of the fact that we got probably about 35 minutes of dong on screen. You That's know, true. There was a lot of dong. A lot of there. dong. A lot of blue, glowy dong. Um, <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I don't know. There's something about that movie... Because of the subject matter and the original... It was more cerebral than your typical... Yes, yes. That's what I liked about it. They weren't talking down to anybody. They weren't not... They were making a rated R movie. They were not making a PG-13 comic book movie. They were making an adult movie. They didn't pull punches. They didn't... Other than the ending, which they made a little bit too, and I, I get the arguments for that, and I understand why people didn't like the ending, and while he Ozymandias could have just done this, or anybody could have stopped him at this point or that point, and I get all that, but the fact that they didn't kitty it up, the fact that they mm. didn't, that they kept it adult, that they kept it dark, that they kept it dour. It had Alan Moore's dourness, if that's a word. Yeah, we'll, we'll make it. In yeah. it, it had it had that. For but me. it didn't have that sense of gleefulness like the Marvel no, stuff does, it didn't. which you know is why Marvel's it. I, I appreciate what you're saying about Watchmen, and maybe I should revisit that movie. Um, Watch but, the extended version. Oh, okay. Is there extended? There's dong an extended in that version? version. Extended cock? No, it's still the same length. <laughs> Forget it. There are a couple extra scenes though that weren't in the original movie, and. Um, Seeing all of those characters, those actors, other than uh, Jack Earl Haley, seeing all of those characters, those actors playing those characters, very not usually what those actors would have done. I think that those characters for those particular actors were a bit of a an artistic reach for each one of them. I think that each one of those actors worked at those characters and kind of got inside. I know for a fact that there were copies of the Watchmen graphic novel, a bajillion copies on the set. Um. The crew was looking at it, was referring to it, the actors were referring to it, the directors were referring to it, and I think that, that there was, as much as they tried, they tried to be as faithful to the original product, other than the, the change to the ending. They tried to be as faithful to it as possible. And I think they, like I said, they kept in Alan Moore's bleak, dark, we're all fucked attitude in it. And so, and I just, I just love that movie so much. And I know so many people hated it. Never, oh, so many people who, who wanted that movie since before the 89 Batman to be made. They wanted, before Sam Hamm wrote his first script for, for 89 Batman, which... Which doesn't does not hold, up. hold up at all. At the oh, time, I was so in love with that, and I've talked about this in the oh. podcast before. But I was so in love with eighty nine Batman. Exactly, I love that. Movie. I was in love with I that. And that dance, I absolutely love that film. Watch it again today. It's horrible. it's embarrassing, and, 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 and it's Nicholson who's so bad. I'm sorry, but 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 Heath, I, and I, I don't want to. It's apples and oranges, but Heath Ledger was 
so good. Oh, much of a better Joker oh. than than than. But Nicholson was of the time. I mean, at the yeah. time, yeah. it was an incredible. Yeah. Like we'd never seen that, and it was just like. <gasps> I, I remember everyone had the bat signal T-shirt. I had one. Yes, I had. I people still were have... changing the street signs that with arrows. People changed those into bat large symbols. Large boxes of 1989 and 1991 Batman action figures oh McDonald's my God. cups and toys and I remember things. all that I had a friend poster it's gone now <laughs> <laughs> that's I've got all that hashtag marriage in the garage um yeah yeah nickel the nickels yeah it's and and I and, and I can I can appreciate a few of the Tim Burton ish moments and a few of those things, and I love the Anton first sets and set design, the city design. I love all that. Yep. I mean, I know he jumped off of one of his own sets to kill himself. <gasps> oh yeah. Oh god. I, After yeah. Batman Returns, Anton first. Maybe a rumor, but the thing that I heard was that Anton first flung himself from one of his Jesus. one of the sets that he created. Did not know that. That's what I heard. Could be wrong. Internet will correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what I heard. But uh, the, the internet has a way of doing yes, that. Yes, yes. Um, can we can we talk as a person, as a fans of we we both are, and someone who made an effort to draw a newbie in? Can we talk about why the Capaldi season just is not working? What? Oh my! God. I love Capaldi. I think that I love Series him. Eight is the best work. That's Doctor Who since I just think Tom it's, Baker. I think it's not the stories are just sort of. Oh, I disagree. <sighs> I think I think that that series eight is some of the best work that Moffat has done since Blink, since Silence in the Library, wow. since Forest of the Dead. Yeah. See, and I'm trying to get him. So, so this is my husband Carlo has never been a Who fan, okay. and it's like, and it's like as as I'm like, you don't get to be a nerd if you're not a Doctor Who fan. Well, that's not true. I. I, I I, I'm very forgiving about Doctor Who-ness, Doctor, uh, about the Whovian the thing. Whovians. I've been a fan uh, since 1977, I'll say it again. Um, but, yeah, it's not for everybody. It really well, isn't. And there's some people who, it's just not their thing. No, okay I mean, I've been a fan since Tom Baker. I tried to bring him in when the, with the Capaldi season, and I find the stories, they almost... It's like, it's like Moffat's not paying attention to his own world logic. And I know you've got a lot of freedom. But, but I think that's good. Because the world logic that he was creating with Eleven was not but Doctor the, Who. Like the arc of the silence and stuff? I think that's just amazing. And I was so pleased that there was no overreaching arc really? of that kind. That there was, there was See, much he's... more of a focus on Clara than Doctor the Doctor. Much more like season one. He's grumpy. He's dour. Clara, I'm not your boyfriend. Um, you're nobody. You're nobody special. You were just. You're just traveling with me. I love that. I love that whole thing. And I. I am very, very pleased that it. it it's. It's Doctor Who again for me. Mm. It's Doctor Who again. So I'm now. I'm pulling teeth to get him to watch Blink or a, a, an episode like that. Now, that's a great entrance point that's and that's what i feel and that's and that's what i tell anybody who's never seen it i'm like here watch this episode Blink is great because it doesn't focus on the doctor yeah it focuses on somebody else but it's such it's good such writing a great introduction to the doctor and who he yes. is and what he does because as the as he goes along he explains who he is and where he's from and what he's doing Timey-wimey. to everybody yes along the way 
So you, if you're a newbie, you that episode is the perfect introduction. Yes, it's, uh, it's the highest quality episode from 2005 until yeah. before series eight, and um, it, it's the highest quality writing, and it's a great way to to familiarize yourself with the universe, the Hooniverse. Yeah, and um, yeah, uh, but I think that Capaldi. He's well used. Clara is finally a person. That finally I really appreciate. Dimensional. I do. Finally has a voice. Finally has opinions. Finally isn't just some special girl who makes souffles. Yes, and the stuff that they've been through. But and the a moon they... egg. Come on. Doctor Who was originally intended as a children's show, and sometimes there's magic. It just it, it sometimes it happens, and you know what. Uh, Day of the Moon, I was fine with that. I was totally fine with that. I was as, as as completely out the out there, blah blah blah. The thing that Doctor Who has showed me is that it's a it's a it's a big, huge, giant universe, and anything is possible. And because of that, yeah, Day of the Moon might have been one of the the, the MacGuffin in 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 that episode might have been one of the weaker ones, but I'm still okay with it. I'm still fine with it. Um, because of everything else that surrounded in that episode, that one thing, the rest of that story was fantastic. The 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 leader of the expedition to the moon, the the stuff that they were going through, the struggle with having to the, the fact that she's going to go to the moon and not go back because she's most likely going to die on this mission, and she's wrapping her head around that. The fact that they're trying to save the Earth. Clara gets on the radio and says, "People of Earth, prepare to die," kind of thing, or or you need to not nuke nuke. The, you need to just sit and wait and see what happens. That whole thing, it was all great. It was all great, and you know. There's so much. Listen was such a great episode. I did really like that one. Unbelievable! The Doctor isn't. It wasn't one of those things where the Doctor. I love the fact that this Doctor just spends a lot of time alone, thinking and writing out equations and researching and doing the things the Doctor has always done. Of, of him bolstering, putting work into why he knows everything. That, mm. Seeing that, and just stopping and thinking, and him going and picking up Clara and said, you ever wonder about that, that, that bump in the night, that thing under the bed? What if it's really there? What, yeah. if it's, what if they're just sitting and listening to us in the dark? You know, what if? Let's go figure it out. I, and they do. I think he did like that episode. So great. <clears throat> As of course the person we're trying to draw into this has now gotten up and walked away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I was hoping he would uh, maybe right. object and, and allow some discussion there. But yeah, he left because you know he can't handle the truth. <laughs> well, you know, like I said, I, I I make I make no no I don't defend Doctor Who to the death. I know it's not for everybody. Yeah. I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, and I'm okay with that. There's so much out there. For everybody to pick and choose what they want, and and I'm fine if people don't like. I I even I even in, in, in delight in the making fun of Doctor Who. I delight yeah. in people who want to shit on it and, and not shit on it, but <laughs> but you know the the, the pointing out the, the things. Yeah. There's things about Doctor Who that are patently ridiculous, and that's part of what makes Doctor Who yeah. Doctor Who. Go back and watch uh, two and one and two and three sure. and four, and go back and watch. And, and there's some shit on there that's just batshit crazy ridiculous. By the way, I think Paul McGann lives up the street. 
uh, is a British guy, yeah, yeah, and his yeah, name is Paul, yeah. and he looks pretty much exactly like him. We'll walk up there after we finish recording. Fantastic. I'll show you. Oh my God. Um, but speaking of TV shows, I'm like, wait, aren't I doing something else? Because I, yeah, I almost forgot. Um, also making a reality show. Oh dear. <laughs> By the way. Oh no. <laughs> um, yeah. So my friend Jeff owns this shop up at the top of the hill here. It's called Hollywoodland Antiques. And Jeff has been here for 18 years in uh-huh. Beachwood Canyon. He knows everybody. He's a complete fixture of like the Hollywood and Beachwood scene, like historian kind of guy. He, he um, and Beachwood, this is a special place. There's a lot of crazy people mm-hmm. here and a lot of like, you know, people have been here for a long time and involved in the industry type of stuff. He sees crazy stuff and stuff that come, you know, because he's a trusted member of the community, somebody will die when they're elderly and their family will just dump all this memorabilia and crazy stuff at his shop. So we've got, so we're doing a reality show about the shop and about all the random, like weird stuff that happens. We were sitting there one day and we're trying to do like a little production meeting and what, let's chart out a few things that we want to highlight in these, these were it's webisodes to start. And, and I was like, well, Jeff, you know, maybe we can like have, you know, somebody of famous come in from time to time and talk. And he's like, Heidi, you can't count on somebody famous just walking into the shop. Literally, it was like we had scripted. It was like, beat, Zach Galifianakis walks in. <laughs> and he and I both look at each other, and we look at Zach, and you could tell Zach was like, whoa, what, why are you guys? And I was like, I couldn't help it. Like, it was just so funny. And I was like, <laughs> can I help you? And I think I scared him off, and he kind of hightailed it out of the shop. But it was just like one of those, that is the kind of stuff that happens in this world. Yeah. And yeah. So we're doing this little show called Hollywood Trades, and we've got five episodes in the can, and they're just like five-minute little webisodes. We're going to launch all of them in January on YouTube. Wow. So it's it's really, it's been so fun, because we realized it's not, the difference is it's not a reality show, it's a docu, docu-drama. Sure, docu-series. It's like, yeah, because it's yeah. like... Well, you're not, I, I've you're had, not creating scenarios. No, you're I'm not, not doing drama. You're not, you're not writing... A situation you're not you don't yeah. have a line producer sitting there telling people okay do this tell her or, she thinks you're a bitch yeah like, exactly yeah. no 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 you're just documenting shit that's actually yeah. happening and it's as like it happens. and it's funny because because of our writing background and because we have so many friends that are in that world people are like well what's the conflict it's not interesting you gotta have conflict and they keep trying to get us to shoehorn these things in and i'm like you know it's interesting no. that that Jeff got a hold of a suit of tuxedo of Frank Sinatra's. I happened to run into a guy the next week at a party who performs as Frank Sinatra, has done a BBC miniseries as Frank Sinatra, and happens to be the same exact measurements as Frank Sinatra. Get him that suit. He came in, <laughs> tried the suit on, it fit him perfectly, and he took it to London and did a performance at the, Yay! you know, at the at Royal Albert Hall. I'm just like today on linking people with famous people's clothes. <laughs> it's like you know okay there's not a lot of conflict there but it's a fun story that's you don't need conflict you don't you don't you're just i mean it's just fun people it's like, know the difference between bullshit and exactly. real life and it's just fun stuff like that that keeps popping up and the, the serendipitous yes. life yes that jeff has in his shop that's and the thing that that i think is is a large problem of of why reality tv is so popular the kardashians and all that because people aren't stopping to realize that real life offers its own entertainment yeah everyday stuff charming stuff yeah charming quaint stuff i mean yes there's there's a there's a you know shitstorm every once in a while too but but 
in in amongst that the rough there's the diamonds there's the, yeah. there's those little gems there's those little moments those little things i mean you know you start having friends a conversation with your friend in a hallway at work and then you wind up sitting on a on a patio in hollywood hills talking yeah. about a frank Sinatra impersonator actually buying one of his frank suits yeah so you know life has those things to offer like you can't make it, it up no you can't make this shit up and it's interesting i actually had when i first when the, the I worked at Paramount Pictures, and when the DreamWorks merger happened, our whole department got lost our jobs because mm-hmm. that was part of the deal. So I sort of, for the first time since coming to LA, found myself without gainful employment, and was like, "What am I going to do?" And a girlfriend of mine is a she 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 produces reality shows and does a lot of uh-huh. that directing and stuff. So she was like, she was like, "I'm in over my head on this new show. Just come be my assistant for a week and like whatever." So sure. I I just went and sort of shattered her and helped and. And I was so blown away by the the stuff that we did to get, it was a competition and it was all this stuff. And I was like, wow, we are completely manufacturing who looks good this week, who wins the things this week, who fights with whom. And, and I was like, this sucks. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it was, and it felt icky, yeah. you know? And yeah, it's it, gross. It's and, gross. And, and, and. and 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 the thing is, the performers get that it's gross, and it's this weird buy-in. And I feel like it slimes you, and it stays on you if you in, are in it too long. Like the the one girl that was the, the the villain, she started ran her mouth a little too much and said some things that were really nasty. So we were just like, okay, you're the villain. So we started positioning it so that every week, you know, she would get, she would sort of win, but like get trashed. And and in the the closing episode when she lost, and we made the girl that was the really nice one win. Um, she, the, this girl, we sort of called her the little blonde cheerleader because she was such a bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, she starts crying and she's bawling for the cameras. And she's like, this meant so much to me. How could you do this? And I was like, oh my God, we broke her. Like oh we really hurt this girl's feelings. We're horrible people. And like, we go through this whole thing and I'm sitting there off the side going, oh my God, oh my God. And as soon as the cameras cut, she just went, how was that? And I was like, oh my ah! God. She was like, I was like, that's it. I can't do this because it was so icky and she was faking and we were faking and she somehow knew it was like everyone was faking on each other. And I was like, I'm, I can't, I can't do this. Wow. We interviewed, um, a friend of mine, Bonnie, and she was on the quest. Now that, that kind of a show, yes, it's reality, quote unquote reality based, but it's more of an immersive competition type show where they take all these people you're cut off from everything for a month. You can't email. You can't watch TV. You can't do this. You can't. Watch, you have to wear peasant clothes, sleep on hay, eat mutton, oh, yeah. and go to Austria and live in a castle, in a in a manufactured castle and a town full of actors. That for, sounds awesome. For a month, for three months, and and you or for a month, and and we're going to shoot this competition, and you have to just basically survive, and. You don't know who's who's part of the thing and who's just an extra and who's whatever and, yeah. and basically, and so that to me, where it's an immersive thing, yeah. where you're kind of, it, it's part of the gig is that you're acting and that's part of the setup and that's part of what the audience is in on yeah. that this is a whole manufactured place that there's nothing really. Real I want to be an extra on that. There's that nothing so really fun. real about it, yeah. right? There's nothing really real about it. And then it built up this big fan base, That's and they're so trying cool. to bring back the quest as a, there's a whole yeah. quest army, and they're trying to bring back a second series and doing all these petitions and this and that, and um, and Bonnie's super great, and I think she got really far in the show too, um, and 
that is different that than is different. the Kardashians than the thing you're talking yeah. about. That where where there's this thing of this is real, this is do do do, and it's like it's not. And then where's the quest? It's a fantasy. The whole yeah. thing is a fantasy. Obviously, it's not 1654 any, or it's not the Middle Ages anymore. It's not. It's obviously it's not. You know, there's nothing real about it. You know it's how you can tell. Fantasy. They didn't have cameras back then. <laughs> the dead yes, giveaway. Yes, yes. Even the crew was dressed up. Oh, in that's awesome! <laughs> oh yes. my god. That's what she said. Even the crew was dressed medieval. Randomly, we went to uh, the Renaissance Fair this summer, and I have not been to a Ren Fair since high no since college. Yeah. And it was so fun to just kind of I bust know out. So many friends who are Ren Fair performers. I had so much fun, and I thought I thought I was, I'm going to be really jaded, and it's going to seem really lame. And I went, and I was like, I just had so much fun, and I'm like, this is just such a lovely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it was yeah. really fun to be back in that world. Well, I have a lot of friends who do Ren Fair, and I have a lot of friends who do Rocky Horror. I can go to the Ren One of Fair. our former students is currently uh, Janet in Rocky Horror in Long Beach. Really? Yes. Fantastic. Shout out to Rose. Um, wow. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I was in Long Beach last night at a party, and there was a lot of uh, Rocky well, if Horror If you go to that Ren Rocky, Fair you'll types. see Rose. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, I can go to the Ren Fair probably once every five years or so. Yeah, it was sort of like... I can't... It's not something I can do all the time. It's not something I can do multiple times a year. Yeah. Because after a while... The word huzzah, <laughs> you, know, you know, oozes its way down my spine like nails on a chalkboard. That's a mixed metaphor. But, but nobody does Renfair like Americans, I true. have to say. True. We went, so I was visiting my, one of my girlfriends after, our, after the writing retreat in Italy uh, two years ago. I went up to visit a girlfriend of mine in Treviso, which is in northern, northeastern Italy. And so she's, you, jet setter, you. you know, <laughs> and she was like, she was one of my college roommates when I lived there. And she goes, she was like, oh, there's this, there's this Ren Fair, essentially. But the, the word, their word for it was, you know, uh, Celtic festival. Okay. A Celtival. Oh, So Celtival. we went, we went to the Celtival and it was hilarious. I walk in and, and there was literally like three booths. One was jewelry. One was like glassware. And then there was like two other booths selling honey wine it wasn't mead it was um oh crap i can't remember the name for it but it was really good uh and then and then there was like a big barbecue thing and then there was a stage with some music performers that was oh, like okay. that was it yeah and i was like this is like four things yeah, like yeah. you want a rent fair i'll show you a rent fair yeah, yeah, and yeah, this summer yeah. the last summer we went i took a whole bunch of pictures and i and i facebooked them for her and i'm like this is how you do rent fair yeah, yeah. and it's just funny it's like you know for whatever reason americans love their rent fair their rent fair and their yeah, medieval I don't english even think in england it's like um no sorry we were done with that yes 600 years ago we live it so. thank you very much and it was just very funny to think of Italians thinking they were being medieval English people. I don't know. It was just <laughs> such a bizarre... I was like, you guys don't know what you're doing. Stop it. What's the Italian word for huzzah? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, after after about 40 or 50 huzzahs, I'm, I'm kind of done. But, yeah. but, you know, Renfair is fun, and I think it was... I liked it more when I was younger. Um but I know people who go and do the thing and camp out and, oh, and yeah. stay and oh, work yeah. and they work in the restaurants and they do, you know, serving up turkey legs and, and mutton and blah, 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 and, and meat and blah, blah, and, you know, and, and they're, they're digging it and it's cool. But but going back to Rocky Horror, I went probably about 10 years ago and 
Yeah, I, I, I think that's probably something I don't ever. I haven't been to again. Rocky in forever. <laughs> I, 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 I love Rocky, to... and I loved my time. I did Rocky Horror Picture Show in I've seen pictures Denver, of you. Denver, at the Ogden. That's right. Yes, there's some rather embarrassing... Uh, Frank and Furter. Uh, uh, pictures of me as Frank and um, It's not really embarrassing, but... Um, and, but yeah, you know, I, I had my time. I think Rocky Horror really is kind of a teenage thing, teenager thing. I was glad I, f- I found it as a teenager. Yes, me too, me too. It was one of those... It's, Rocky Horror is this place where disenfranchised youths can go and be in charge. Yeah, and it was the first time as they that... They can boss people around, yeah. they can yell whatever they want, they, they can, can be loud, they can be obnoxious, they can... They can, they can they can express themselves sexually without fear of uh, of of shaming, shaming or, or, or rape or, or or anything. Yeah, yeah. They can. They, they. It's a place for them to express themselves socially and excess and, and, and sexually without fear of rejection or fear yeah. of attack. It's it's community. It's community, and, and, it, and it's it, good, and it's and it's fine. And I think it's fine. Yeah. And I think that's good that you know. And there's not a lot of body shaming, and there's not no. a lot of this or that. And I think it's a, it's a, it, from that perspective, it's a healthy environment. But once you kind of figure out how to be around people in the world, in social situations, kind of thing, you kind of outgrow Rocky, and you kind of, so then you don't go to the show anymore. You can occasionally watch it on DVD or watch it on VH1 or whatever, or just sing along when or the time warp comes on. Or just sing along whenever the time warp comes on at Halloween, and that's fine. We we were down getting him uh, some some new clothes, and it was Halloween, so they had the quote unquote Halloween mix, which was like all the Oingo Boingo, all the Cure, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Time Warp. And I was like, really? Because those yeah. were just the stuff I listened to yeah, yeah, in yeah, high yeah, school, yeah, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So the Time Warp comes on, and we're in the men's warehouse, and <laughs> I start doing the Time Warp, and he's like, what are you doing? And I'm, I'm like, doing the Time Warp! Obviously, doing the Time Warp again. Again. So, again. Like you do. Again. Yeah. Because you, you do it again. Because, again. But for, for me, it was the, that that's finding finding that community, because yes. I was a theater nerd. Oh, I yeah. was in the theater the yeah. school theater company, and yeah. you know, and it's just that kind of like, I remember the first time going, what in the hell is this? Well, it's so weird. That's that first time when you <laughs> find your people. When, you, when you, you walk in, at least it was for me, where I barely talked to anybody I went to school with. Uh, all the people that I liked went to other schools. Yeah. And I've talked about this before, that I had a, a friend who, you know, friends, uh, a friend at school, acquaintance at school, who brought his girlfriend from another school, this total gothy punk Rocky mm. chick, who I'm still friends with. Hi, Willow. And, um, <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, my God, there's, I've never seen a woman like this in my life. And I just immediately, you know, had the hugest crush on her. And then she wound up taking me to Rocky Horror my first time. And I met all her friends, and I met all the people there. And I'm just walking in. It's like, it's one of those places where this you walk in. This is where in, you've been you this whole time. You and you're instantly accepted. Yeah. And you can, and, and as an adult, when you, you know, you go, go and you learn skills, you find other groups of people that are like that, That's where you true. walk in and are instantly accepted. And especially if you're as, as a, a much of a chatty Kathy as I am, and kind of gregarious and, you know, hey, how's it going? You know, um, you know willing to throw a lampshade on your head. A 1963 call. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Rocky Horror, it's, it's one of those places where, you, that's the first time you find your your people and yeah. figure out how to navigate because there's such an air of positivity to it um, and embracing to it. You gain confidence on just being who you are. Yeah. It's one of those environments that that reinforces that whoever you are is okay. Yeah, 
As long as you're nice, whoever yeah. you are is okay. Totally. Every shape and, and size. you're not and... going to be, yeah, you're not going to be... Weirdness. ...spurned here. Yeah. So, Are that's you into good. the bodybuilder guy? Are you into the guy on the motorcycle with yeah, the axe in his right. head? We yeah, don't care. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. It's funny because, like, I think that's partly why I really liked working with teenage girls and teaching them and empowering them. Sure. Because I know I hated myself the most oh, when I was a teenage girl. And I wish oh, somebody had come along that's, yeah. that... Yeah. Was that, was that, you know, I don't comforting isn't the right word, but you know, that actually told me that I had value. Yeah. Cause there wasn't, yeah. there was not that person. Right. For sure. Me. Sure. Someone who reinforced <laughs> you for you. Yeah. 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 I, I was the same way. I just, I just, I felt, I felt like a stranger in my own body. I felt, I felt like an alien. And for a majority of ninth grade, I went around telling people I was an alien. Of course and, you and, did. You know, and, and <laughs> I was told I was a Gallifreyan and cause, uh, I love it. but, uh, I remember thinking when I got to high school, so I moved out from Colorado when uh-huh. I, when I was a kid and I'd gone to a private school. So yeah. we wore uniforms. So I had no idea about fashion. Oh yeah. It never occurred to me that would be something people would care about. Right. So I came out with my JCPenney jeans with the appliques on the pockets and my purple turtleneck and my purple zips. So the first you day, was nice. yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. And the first day of school, I walked in in fifth grade and this girl looked me up and down. I remember thinking, I'm such a dummy. I remember going, oh, maybe this will be my first new friend. And I and she looked me up and down and just gave me this stink eye. And it turned out later she was actually like the nicest girl in the class and everyone loved wow. her. And so that was it. I was like, wow, I'm just going to keep my head down. I'm not yeah. going to find my people no. here. No. And it was, and I thought, I'll get to college and I'll find my people in yeah, college. Yeah, 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 yeah. And college, I did. College, you know, college. it's like I went. I'm really glad that our kids are, 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 are finding their people now That's in amazing. high school. Our, my children are navigating high school really well. Lily's, you know, she's having a little harder time because she's a girl and there's the whole girl thing. Yeah. But Trevor is just... I'm so impressed with him. I mean, he, the stuff that comes out of his mouth on these posts and stuff, I'm like, I'm like, this kid is like super zen and he's so, so wise. He's so mellow and he's just so nice. And he's, so, like, his perspective yeah. on the world is yeah. so wide. Yes, yes. I'm like, this kid is amazing. Yes. He talks to people all around the world every day. He's got a, he's got a live stream. And so he talks him. to people in, in Norway and, and, you know, all the time. And he's he's a... He's, He's a he's a man of the world at sixteen, he's and amazing. he hasn't even been anywhere outside. I can't wait to he's see what he does. To, you know, four or five states at this point, but he just he's he's just such a good good guy. Yeah, he really is. So it's it's it you've makes, you've, it you've makes, made makes being a parent so much easier. You've contributed an amazing young man to oh, the, well, and it's you. like I can't wait to see what he I'm does. Constantly talking to to my ex wife, and and we you know we're friends, and we we co parent really well together. Yeah. And we're constantly just taken aback by the by the the glow of kindness yeah. and love from our kid yeah. out into the world. Yeah. He stops and holds doors for people. Nice. He stops and helps somebody pick up something they dropped. Yeah. He he goes with his trans friend. He goes with her to the Gay Straight Alliance. Oh, I heard you talking about that. Because yeah. her parents aren't down with the fact that... that that's who she you is. Know, that's who she is. And it's... It's just it. it yeah. You start crying again. Um, yeah. So he's a good kid. It, it's just great, and I and yeah. So, wow, we went all so high school. Yeah. yeah. So high school. Yeah. So yeah. high school. But yeah. yeah. High school's yeah not fun, but um, you know it's over. And like you said, you go to college, you get out. My 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 ent- entrance introduction to the world and real people who value 
individuals, individualism and individuals. I didn't go to college. I didn't uh, go away to college. I didn't get that experience. But my introduction to that was my ex-wife, my first wife. Mm. She kind of finished my um, socialization, as Uh. it were, and uh, put some finishing touches on that. And I made mistakes, but she kind of one of those it, it, it was kind of a almost parental or well, no there's no mm. almost about it. it was a parent it was a parental type thing we mm. had um but it it helped and it and it and and now i feel confident that no matter what group of people i go in i mean i'm not going to go to a clan rally but no matter <laughs> pretty much whatever group of people i'm in i can navigate yeah and that's that's what it's all about it's just figuring out how to cope I, for me, it was the, um, I got to college and I got involved in the radio station Yeah. and I became, you know, I had to train to be as a DJ and, and that was one of those first things where it's like, I don't care who you are, where you come from. Not that I had any special whatever, but like your first show is going to be a three to 6am. Yeah. That's just it. Yeah. And you know, and, and, and learning to sort of take your lumps and pay your dues. You have to cut your teeth. And then, you know. That goes with everything. You have to cut your teeth. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's kind of cool because so much of the music stuff I got is benefiting me now. Oh, sure, you know, with sure. the bands I'm working with, sure. I can talk about influences and obscure bands, and they're and these guys are like, "Wait, what? You know that band?" And it's like, "Yeah, College Radio, baby." And and then you know, I worked as the marketing manager for it, so that just that's the best professional training I've ever gotten sure. was the stuff I did for the radio station, yeah, which yeah, was yeah. play, and it was fun right, for me. Right. Well, I did a little acting in high school, and I've done some acting since then. I did some stuff for the, um, for I did some benefits for like the the uh, um, oh the magical night for benefit for the the uh, for the um, Santa Clarita Master Chorale because oh, Catherine nice. was Catherine's in the Santa Clarita Master Chorale still, um, and I wish they would do another performance because I would love to get back on stage and do you know do shake do do uh, you know rip off Shakespeare again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but, uh, I, I, when I got out of, uh, high school and did went to college for half a semester, went to community college for half a semester and went, I decided to do the Columbia School of Broadcasting. Oh God, and I remember that. They're not even, they're now defunct. Um, but yeah, That's I mean, right. you, and I wanted to be a radio DJ and, but <laughs> not knowing that the whole competition for the, it's, it's, and especially now. Um, radio is just dying, um, but yeah. but you know we were such a plucky little band. Sure, of, sure. Because as college, you could put yeah. on whatever. There was no yeah. there was no one telling you what to play. And I didn't realize at the time that if I wanted to do that, the best avenue for me would have been to go to college somewhere and get on the radio station at college uh, and start there. But I didn't do KPCC. You can still do it. The rest of the the rest of the whole thing of studying and paying attention and doing the work to be able to do that it didn't i just wanted it handed to me and unfortunately i was one of those kids in the 70s who was the first generation of latchkey kids yep right here the little lock box on the back door we had one of those stones we had the little fake stone with the thing i was the first generation of latchkey kids born in 1970 generation x parents both worked yeah you know and and it was one of those things where i sat and watched tv all goddamn Me day too. every day and had these commercials because that's when it all started of 
hey, kids, you need this. Yeah. And it should just be handed to you. You deserve this. You deserve everything. And then in the 80s, that was really The me generation. Yes. The baby boomers were just like, yep, you want it? Get it. Yeah. Go to debt. Rent up a credit card. Who cares? It's fine. It's not real. Just, you know, buy, 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 spend, spend, spend. And, you know, so that stuck. And even to this day... I, I'm not materialistic, but there's times and certain things where it's it's hard to let go of that. It, it's been a really hard road to hoe, uh, learning and absorbing the concept of if you want Z, you have to do A through Y. Yeah. And that's the way it works, and that's good, and that's okay, because when you do A through Y... You deserve, that's when you deserve Z. You don't just deserve Z because. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think that's what a lot of reality TV and things like that well. is still continuing to enforce that message. But I also think that there is. That, but that was my issue with stuff like Twilight. Sure. You know, oh, just be- oh. because, just because is why he falls in love. I'm like, I'm sorry, that is not how it works and that is not and 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 as and sue she, as sue said oh, sue johnson one of our other guests crazy. who's the college professor who oh, uses yeah. horror comics and novels to teach nice. writing the greatest horror story of the 21st century is twilight yeah because of the message it sends to young girls yeah i that being in an abusive relationship is normal yeah and is okay I used to t- do a big rant about that in my classes yes. because it was just like... Oh, all the girls. Twilight, Twilight, Twilight. Oh, my oh, God. Team, and I was member, like... Team whatever. I know. I was like, wait, let's look at what's happening. She can't function once he leaves her. No. I'm like, I'm sorry. You know what? You're going to get your heart broken. Yeah. You're going to get shit on. Get over it. You don't curl up in a ball in the forest and cry for a year. No. You, you get no. up and you get on with it. Yeah. Yeah. And you become a stronger person because you right. did that. And you then you be someone who's worth your time yeah. is attracted to you because of because you're good, you're, because, because of who you, you are. Yes, not because just because not just because well, just because I have this certain smell to my bl- oh, it just made me nuts. Yeah, I was yeah. so angry. Yes, yes, yes. And it's just because and just because nope. he said, yeah, you're mine. Okay, this is happening. Gee, what does that sound like? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's, there's, yeah. Well, talking to you, it makes it, it makes my heart feel warm that that you're kind of um, you're putting uh, 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 joy into the world, into the media world, um, and especially if you're kind of in the middle. And and you, I, I'm sure it's not even intentional, but you're kind of subverting reality TV in that people keep saying you've got to create conflict and you're like, no, we don't. We really don't. We, we no, no, we just don't. No, because we're doing our own thing. And this is life presents. Yeah. Joy. It presents interest. It presents, um, uh, compelling stories. It presents things that matter without manufactured conflict. There's enough conflict in the world. Why not put something out that's just nice? Like, isn't it crazy that this came together with this, with the same exact time, and boom, we have this result. Yeah. Like, what's, you know... Yeah. It's just, like, people love looking at puppies and kittens. Yeah. I'm putting out the puppies and kittens yeah. of, yeah. 
you know, just like it's a nice story. Yeah. And I think we need a little, a little of that. We with totally do. All the crap that's going on. Oh God. I think we've, we're being shown the worst of human nature. So let's show a little bit of the best. I, I, I hope. I want to hope that this time, this week, in particular, yeah, is a pivotal, another pivotal moment in history. It has to be. It's. I am hoping that this will be one of those moments where people put their foot down and say, no, yeah, this is not allowed anymore. We yeah. matter. People matter. These people matter. Those people matter. No. No yeah. more. And I hope that that's what comes out of this. And going back to what we were saying earlier about the, you know, gay marriage, marriage equality, it's like, it doesn't take away anything from you. No. To value... No. Other people to value no. African Americans no. to value what well, it just it doesn't to value people yeah to value other people who may or may not look like you does not take any of your no. value away no. and the, the the notion that you think it does is crazy pants I don't understand why there's a scarcity well, conversation I think, happening I think starting with the Occupy movement and yeah. some other things that are happening like that. I think that the so-called cognoscenti of, this is a nice Italian word, cognoscenti of America, the one percenters, are scared. And they are purposely hiring people into positions of power who are, in essence, trigger-happy, mm. paranoid thugs. Yeah. On purpose. Well, in the hopes of scaring us. Well, when back. you look at historically, anytime things have reached a storm the Bastille type of moment, sure. there's been this level oh, of yeah. income yes, inequality. Yes, 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 yes. So yes, yes. if I were a one percenter and I was I'd be like, can you not see what's coming? Because like you piss people off, you take them, you take enough away from them and you down, you know, trod on them enough at a certain point, it's going to blow up in your face. So why not make steps and take steps to say, hey, you know what? Actually, you matter to me. We're all part of a community. The people in the one percent, you win, you have, win, have so much goddamn money that even if they took, literally, even if they took ninety percent of their wealth, you know, and just put it back, yeah, into the infrastructure of everything. They would still have more money than they could ever goddamn spend in ten yeah. generations. That's why I mean, like, we start to they, look at they, that, and I'm like, what? You know, they're, no they're, one needs Scrooge to be Scrooge McDuck's swimming yeah. in gold coins. No There's one needs no... to be able to afford their own island or whatever. You know, it's and, like and you know what? And you know, I I'm not as 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 bothered by that. If somebody creates a thing that and 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 that that people want and and. I, there's elements of capitalism that I agree with as far totally. as yeah, if completely. somebody creates a thing that, that, that creates generates public demand and then and, and, and creates a thing and blah 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 and and, and people they earn they, they can yeah. earn that. That that can be earned. Yeah. But there's so much chicanery and there's so much dickishness and there's so much I'm, not only am I going to just create a thing that people want in order and make money off of it, I'm gonna do everything I can to make even more. I'm gonna do everything I can to fuck people out of even more money. Yeah. Why? It's like it becomes a game, and you de you're desensitized to the fact that that's those are people that yeah. you are hurting. People, people. That's the thing. I keep it's, hearing. I keep hearing 
the word that keeps resonating with me is people. Black you, people. Homeless people. Yeah. Gay people. If you can't realize that you're... In you, but for an accident of birth, you are yeah. who you are, and you are where you are with what you have, yeah. you have to be able to put yourself in other people's shoes and go... Wow, I can't imagine what that feels like to right. know that I can't buy a house in a neighborhood because of the but color of my skin. Like, oh yeah, my god! Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I. But they—that's the thing—is well, don't... And, no, and and we're blissfully unaware. Oh, like, yeah. you know, we're yeah. not. No one teaches you that. No, no one. If you're, no if you're, yeah. if you're a and white no girl one, growing well, up in a suburb, well, you're not taught that. But but you are, to a degree. Well, you find out later that you were. Yeah. You find out later that you were socialized to yes. not be aware. Yes. That you were taught something. But it was the opposite of, yes. of that. Now that I've seen, like, read that article in The Atlantic by yeah. um, Tahisi... No, I'm going to get her name wrong. Tahisi Coates. I am ready. Totally butchering the name. Anyway, it's an incredible article, and it's about white privilege. And yeah. it's just... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some of the stuff, I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. I feel like such an asshole, because I never knew. Well, there's, there's, a, there's a phrase, a, a sentence that I heard, that I read... And I, and I can't remember the quote who said it, but it's it's not white guilt. It's called empathy. Try it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Because people immediately want to people say, oh, white guilt. Oh, why do you hate white people? I don't. I hate assholes. Yeah. And unfortunately, right now, the people that I see as the biggest assholes are rich white dudes. Yeah. And it keeps happening. Well, and it's funny because I always, you know, I grew up in a very right-wing household yeah, 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 yeah. and, you know, was taught to value, in the gimme 80s, taught no, to sure, value sure, this. Sure. You know, I was the girl who had the Lamborghini posters and the Ferrari posters oh, in my I room. Had all that too. And I expected to get them. Oh, yeah. You know, it's yeah. like. I expect to be wealthy someday. Yeah, of course I'm going to, and of course I'm going to have those things. And of course, you know what? I still want a Ferrari. I would love a little 73 Dino, even though I know I can't fit in it because I'm six feet tall. But I still want one. Um, but now every, you know, I ha- when I because we live in Hollywood, I yeah. see I see supercars all the time. Sure. And when I see them now, my first instinct is, ooh, pretty, I want it. And my second instinct is, you could have sent 10 kids to college with what you paid for that. Maybe 10 minds being given a productive opportunity beyond that you could have made sure that a school in in in, in poverty stricken part of alabama yeah. had books and lunch every hot lunch for five years yeah and it's just kind of i i, I have so it's like i i i struggle in, mm. internally with my mm. dual reactions because yeah. i'm like on the one hand it's of, of course i should be able to earn that and have that and i think you should and on the other hand there's like, but you also have a choice yeah. in how you spend sure. your money, and is it for you or is it to help the greater good? Yeah. As uh, yeah. yeah. As we say in Hot Fuzz, <laughs> the greater good. The greater good. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, um, I never would have thought I would have been a communist-leaning person, but well, hey. Yeah, I don't know. I don't not know if I'm necessarily socialist, yeah socialist. Well, yeah. Just I mean, a little more social that's justice. That's the problem. That's the problem with any system you have, unless they build in checks and balances that are adhered to yeah. by those in charge. Any system you build is going to be exploited by the people at the top. Mm-hmm. Capitalism, duh. Communism, duh. Yeah. But you know, socialism. Scandinavia. I was going to say. They seem to have their shit together. They really do. People, everybody's kind of, you know, they got racial equality. They got, gen, you know, gender, more so uh, gender equality. I mean, they, they're they 
their gender pay gap is much, much short, much more tr- closer than ours is. Yeah, and, yeah. and everybody there is kind of living in a middle upper cl- middle class lifestyle. And, and they have health, free health care and free university. And, and it's just one of those things where you look at those countries and you look and you see and you go, see, there's still rich white assholes that live there, but people have free health care, people have free university. Anybody is allowed to move there and apply for citizenship. The doors are open. There's people of all nations and stuff living there. Everybody's getting along. Everybody's fine. People just want to go and get up and go to work and do their thing. People have four months of vacation or three or four months of vacation a year, and the stuff still gets done. The country still runs, and, and they're they're great. They're doing fine. What's wrong with that? Yeah. Like, is, is $10, $20 million, and if you have to have, like, is $10, 20000000 million enough? Do you have to have $100 million? Could you not get by on ten or twenty million? I think you could. Couldn't you get by on a couple hundred thousand a year? I know. It's you know, just like you know, and, and just or or whatever. And but then but then you know we're all oh, so much of us in the middle class, and we're just shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. And it's getting yeah. harder and harder and harder. And the jobs pay less, and the benefits get smaller, and the and and and, and it's just. I was. I think I, I'm pretty sure this was last week. We went to see David Sedaris, who I mm. adore. Yeah. One of the really cool things that he did, I have to say, as a side note, he. Did he spent a good twenty minutes of his show talking about another author and why we should buy her book? Oh yeah, and yeah, I'm like, yeah. okay, that is an awesome yeah. human being. Oh god, how much time do I spend talking about other people's podcasts? Like, you know, let me tell. Let me, it's like, forget <laughs> It'd about be nice if mine. Somebody would talk about mine, but I, know, you know, right? I haven't gotten to that point yet. But that's all right. I mean, it, we're we're just kind of doing this doing this thing for us and 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 enjoying it because we like hearing people's stories and we like yeah. talking, we like engaging, and we like. You know, trying to put as much positivity as we can out in the world. Obviously, we, we, we go down the black hole every once in a while, but we try to just be positive and, and excited and, and yeah. hear what people are doing. Well, so and, he, you know, your story is great because you. It's like you you went along that journey and you you conquered the wall of fear and yeah, you like, what's the point? you right you you did that thing that I'm still struggling with the of of the the, the fear thing holding me, but the I'm mm-hmm. not good enough holding me back. And, you know, I'm working on a stand-up routine, and I've, nice. I've just started an account at Voices.com, and I'm trying to do the thing that I've always wanted to do. Yeah. And this podcast has actually helped bolster my sense of creativity and my, my impetus to create and to work toward that thing that I want to be doing. Because yeah. I don't want to be work surrounded by programmers. I don't want to be sitting in a place where... People are launching sexist, racist shit mm. back and forth yeah. each day and calling each other gay and this and that all the time. And we're all just working so one guy can, you know, buy another house. Right. And and I'm just, I'm working towards something else. It's taking a while. It would have been a lot easier had I done this when I was, you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago. But I'm trying to do it now. So. Yeah. There's no reason not to. Yeah. The only reason is your own fear, and yeah, you know. And as we're going along, like you know, we talked to you, I talked to you, and I talked to Carlo, and I talked to some of your other friends who are here shooting the video. And it sounds like we're gonna hopefully get some get to talk to some other people. And our 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 profile, the profile of the guests that we're getting is raising, and this is good, and 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 that's what I want. And I because the higher profile the guests, the more people are going to listen to us, of and course. the more 
the even higher, it's just going to, it's one of those things where it's a positive upward spiral of yeah. the higher profile the guests, the more listeners, which means the more higher profile the guests, and it just keeps going back Yeah, I never understood this whole, I'm going to keep the people beneath me down. It's like, no, the rising no. tide raises all boats. Yes. If, you know, yes. if I'm doing well, you'll be doing well. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, yeah, if yeah, I'm doing yeah. well, that's who I'm going to go to to create my soundtrack. Or yeah. this is, you know, of yeah. course, I'm going to pull everybody, yeah. all my friends are like, yeah. if I get a show, if, I, if my show sells, you're who I'm hiring because I love working with you yeah. and I know you can write really well. Yeah. So it's like all of the writers are going to go up together. Cool, and, cool. You know? Cool. Well, we're at an hour and 22 already. That went oh really fast. So um, plug your shit. My Tell- shit. Yes. Um, okay, so... Give, give, me, give me all of it. All the links, all the all all the, the accounts, all the online stuff you got. Awesome. Let us know. All right, well, my first thing... So as a music video director... Yes. Um, I'm just HeidiHornbacher.com. Okay. And that's... That's H-E-I-D-I-H-O-R-N-B-A-C-H-E-R.com. That is correct, Fantastic. sir. Fantastic. So yeah, my reel on there is just every time a new thing comes out, we're putting it up there, and then my whole thing is happening there, and it's so fun to see it just build awesome. and build and build. Awesome. Um, for for the, the writing retreats, which is sort of like my, my heart, the, my, the center of my heart is Pagecraft Writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Pagecraft, and the, the website is pagecraftwriting.com, and the Twitter is pagecraftwrite, uh, and I think the Instagram is pagecraftwrite as well. I can't exactly remember off the top of my head. Okay. But, um, you know, beautiful things there, good support. Like, we really want to help people move forward. We don't just want to be something they did one time. We want to be this thing that they said that's what got me over the hump from just sitting in my room writing to actually having a writing career okay so um that's really cool hollywood trades is the tv show on youtube uh, on youtube we're going to be so launching YouTube's, youtube.com slash hollywood trades as soon as we set that up okay. yes okay <laughs> so um so yeah that's going to be launching our, our target is january we've got one more episode to get in the can so we're going to launch six episodes at a go okay um so that's coming I think that's everything. Okay. Have I okay. missed anything? I don't know. That should be everything. So much. I get so... It's like, I really can't believe... And that's the thing. That's like the last nugget is like, I was so afraid and I still thought I had to have the day job. And the literally the week I stepped away from my job and said, I'm completing with that and I am going to do this creative thing. That week I had three different things happen with video. The thing happened with the show... I have a novel that's moving forward, like, wow. and I have, like, you know, just, like... You're a busy bee. It was just, like... Nice. And it was just, you know, if there's anything that you ever needed to hear the universe go, follow your dream already, dummy. Like, yeah. how much do yeah. I have to put it in yeah. front of you? Just yeah. do your thing. Yeah, do your thing. So, your thing. it's been amazing. And Is there anything out right now in any form of media that you're recommending, that you're liking, that you're watching, that you're reading, that you're, you're <sighs> consuming in any fashion? We always do recommendations. Gosh, well. yes. Um, what am I watching? I'm s- so excited for Hannibal to come back. <gasps> Danny, oh I've been watching Hannibal. We're, oh about half, we're about seven episodes into season two. And it's I can't like I can't even begin to watch like Walking Dead or American Horror Story because I'm afraid I'm too afraid. It freaks me out too much. Yucky. Yeah, 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 yeah. And for some reason, I love Hannibal. I'm oh, like, yeah, go yeah, figure. Yeah, yeah. I I can't stand I can't stand yucky things. But I have very specific parameters, and I can't ex- not explain to you what they well, are. So I much of what Jack. happens on Hannibal is the aftermath of yucky things, rather than the, well, the yucky things happening in front of you. And the thing about Hannibal that really 
it's movie like yes. cinematography and, and the so moments that they just artistic. let breathe. Oh, and the the, the and visuals just, of the dream sequences oh. and the the music. The music is the incredible. Sound design. And that I appreciate the creators of that show letting their directors have the time to create those moments yes. because you did not see that in TV. No. No, 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 no. So no, no. I feel like it's the, Hannibal. I, I still can't believe it's an NBC show. That it's oh my a god! Time I know. Show. They're finally getting the message that the number one show in America is Walking Dead. Yeah. It's the most violent, horrible, gory rah, show yeah. that's ever been on ta- American television. And it's not just the violence, but it's the it's the artistry, the writing, yeah. and blah blah. And the, sh- the Hannibal is it's 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 premium cable quality it's it's a it's it, sh- it should be an hbo show it yeah. should be it sh- and it's just as much artisanship and and craftsmanship and and patience and care and attention to detail and little subtle nuances and not spoon feeding you anything yeah letting you do the work oh yeah to watch it that that the the books and the movies the the thomas harris books and the and the and the movies and things it's the same quality. Yeah, it's beautiful. That I mean, and I'm loving all that. There's, so I have like my, my drama food. camp. <laughs> I know, right? I that was, we got to this. Our joke between us is like when we finally were like, I've gotten to the point when I can sort of eat during Hannibal because <laughs> <laughs> you can't eat during that show. Especially when you're not even not eating meat of any oh. kind. Yes, yes. But uh, so I've got like you know I was a big fan of Dexter. Um, mm-hmm. Hannibal, Vikings, I love it. Oh yeah, yeah. my dad's been watching Vikings. He and likes then, that show. and then there's like the comedy side. I'm a huge fan of where Key and Peele. Oh my like, god, Key and just... Peele. The season's been so good. At midnight is so good. Key yeah. and Michael Key was on oh, the yeah. Thrilling Adventure yes. Hour last oh, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just so. so I love him. I, I, I have a wonderful him. story that I've told in the podcast before of meeting him and, and talking to him about our favorite episode, um, which is the one with the racist zombies. Oh yes, and with the with the Hogwarts in East LA. So you know, good. You know, we got the little on Swiffers. You know that he kind of thing. So, they're so brilliant. And he was so nice. He was so very nice. Yeah, yeah. And That's smart. What I've heard super smart. Yeah, He's a super smart guy. And I mean, the other thing is, we finally went back at the insistence of another friend of ours and started watching Archer. Oh, which yeah. I had Archer's never, awesome. and I am just obsessed. I'm absolutely in Archer love. is so great. I'm absolutely in love with Archer. Yeah, and yeah. it's so wrong. And it's, so, oh yes, yes, it's so wrong and so right in so many ways. Okay, so I'm being called back I guess to the we're set. Wrapping up. So, um, um, follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Um, please email us at something two xp at, at uh, gmail Say hello to the NSA when you do. Yes. And um, oh, I'm Heidi Hornbacher. Uh, and Heidi Hornbacher. At Heidi Hornbacher on Twitter and at Pagecraft Right. Yes, at Pagecraft Right on Twitter. Um, yes, and uh, please uh, go to the, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Write us a review. Um, we'd love to hear from you. We got feedback. We got 26 countries out there listening. Yay. Let's hear from you. And always remember, please be kind. The Something Something Experience podcast was conceived and produced by Ash Jones and Michael John Simpson. Intro music, Ways to Change Faces, and outro music, Scorpio 37, was written, produced, and provided by the talented Sebastian Ciceri. You can find us online as Something2XP on iTunes, WordPress, and YouTube. Please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Email something2xp at gmail.com. We invite your feedback. Please be kind. <laughs>